a hello. <laughs> Y'all are awake, right? <laughs> wow, what a building this is. I saw it along the way, but I didn't get to see the final product until today. I drove on this campus. Wow, this is fantastic. And you look great. It's good to be together on a Wednesday night. Yeah, I didn't realize how close I was going to be coming. I mean, I drove right by Powell's. You know, I was going to my buddy's house. I had uh, some items to pick up and so forth. My wife's about two hours from right here, right now. And my mother-in-law. I keep my mother-in-law a couple hours away, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm a granddad now, too. Man, woo, that's good stuff right there. Uh, grandkids, they are better than kids. My son said, Dad, we are not sleeping. I said, how old are you, boy? He said, 35. I said, I've not slept in 35 years since you've been born. You know what I'm <laughs> They're learning something about it now. Yeah. Uh, how long is it going to be till Jesus comes? Not long. Not long. I don't know. I don't set dates. But um, the Bible says that his coming is at the doors. Very soon we're going to see Jesus. And those who've gone ahead, they're going to be saying, here they come. The bride of Jesus is coming home. Gabriel's golden trumpet sounds. All the saints will leave the ground. They are rising up to meet the blessed Lord. Oh, how they shout as they rise to their home beyond the skies. They're in the bride of Christ and they are coming home. And here they come. Oh, what a thrill. Here they come marching up to Zion's hill. And the victory's won as we bow before God's Son. The bride of Jesus is coming home. Here comes mom and here comes dad. Oh, their faces look so glad as they march and they sing redemption song. Oh, what a smile upon their face as they sing amazing grace. They're in the bride of Christ and they are coming home. And here they come. Oh, what a thrill. Here they come marching up to Zion's hill. And the victory's won as they bow before God's Son. The bride of Jesus is coming home. The bride of Jesus is coming home. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, about a year and a half ago, I wrote my funeral song. Now, that may sound morbid, but, you know, that's coming for all of us. And um, my father-in-law, three years ago, passed away. I preached his funeral. I drove through the night uh, to get there, and I got there and had one final conversation with him. And just a few hours later, he was with the Lord. I asked my mother-in-law. She was standing there. He was in the hospital bed. Big man. Big man. Dr. Parisher. And I heard him preach over a thousand times. I was his assistant for 12 years. I went to Bible college, but where I really learned ministry is working for Dr. Parisher. And he's my father-in-law. And uh, wow, what a preacher. My favorite preacher to hear on earth ever. 
It was Gene Parisher. And so here he was in hospice care, just about to meet the Lord. And uh, as my mother-in-law, I said, what's your prayer request? What is your prayer request? She said, Byron, pray that God will take him gently home. And we prayed. And five hours and five minutes later, he was with the Lord. And he went as gentle as you've ever seen. Well, I did not use the expression gently home in writing mine. I thought that was just too precious of a... Wording that I just couldn't use that. So I used the same syllable count and wrote one entitled Safely Home. See, one of these days it's going to be me that's crossing over. And when I, when I pass away, I want some folks to know some things. You know, at my funeral, I, I want there to be a Christian flag on the casket because that's the branch I've had the opportunity to serve in. I didn't get to serve in the military. But the branch I've served in is God's army. And I'm glad to be in it. And uh, many things I hope they'll learn at my funeral about my salvation. I got saved as a boy. Best time to get saved is when you're young. And it was the church that came and got me and brought me to Jesus. Amen. We must stay busy with that. So I wrote this song, Safely Home. Every day I am on my way to a mansion above. I've a friend on whom I depend. I am saved by his love. His name is Jesus Christ, my Lord. With him I never am alone. I've no fear, for my Lord is near. He will lead me safely home. Heaven fair is beyond compare. All its wonders I'll see. Voices raised to our Lord in praise. The dear Lamb of Calvary. His name is Jesus Christ, my Lord. With him I never am alone. I've no fear, for my Lord is near. He will lead me safely home. Praise God. By God's grace, when I've run my race, I will reach heaven's shore. How I long for redemption song to be sung evermore. His name is Jesus Christ, my Lord. With him I never am alone. I've no fear, for my Lord is near. He will lead me safely home. I've no fear, for my Lord is near. He will lead me safely home. Praise God.
Let's open our Bible, please, to the book of Timothy, book of 2 Timothy, if you would, please. And I hope you brought your Bible tonight. And I'm so happy. Pastor, thank you for letting me stop in tonight. This is actually, believe this or not, this is the 55th church I've been in this year. You're talking about a church hopper. I am hopping from one place to the next, man. <laughs> Don't you love church? Don't y'all? Um, you know, my last time being with y'all, we were having that, um, that uh, senior saint vacation Bible school. Now that was fun. I mean, you folks did a great job. Those games that we had each night, of course we had the food. Uh, we're Baptist, you know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> got some food involved. Uh, but we had a great time. And Pastor, you're just doing wonderful. You and Miss Stephanie and, of course, Brother Greg leading all this singing and all of you folks just hanging around. Good. Keep hanging around. It's wonderful. I took a little tour of the building. It was the 50-cent tour. I still owe you 50-cent, preacher. And, uh, man, the building just turned out wonderful. And then all over this campus, we've got people, uh, children and young adults and senior saints, every, every demographics here tonight. And I'm glad about that. And uh, the pandemic last year was something, was it not? That was, that was like, uh, like going to the rodeo and getting on a Bronco. You didn't know where that thing was going to twist and turn last year. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I was home for 26 straight days, 26 straight days. I was preaching from my house. I'd put the suit on. I, I'd preach from a little pulpit I'd set up. And I'm, we all became televangelists last year. You know what I'm saying? And uh, broadcasting, yeah. And then five minutes later, I'm sitting in the easy chair eating ice cream. <sighs> Finally, after 26 days, my wife said, hey, won't somebody let you come preach in person? I don't know what that meant, you know. <laughs> Maybe taking that wrong, I'm not sure. But uh, did a lot of broadcasting. Did outdoor services. I love those. Oh, yeah, I did a bunch of those. We bought those FM transmitters. I went church parking lot to church parking lot. And uh, now if you're happy you're here tonight in your car, on the count of three, now don't blow your horn too early, on the count of three, if you're happy you're here, blow your horn. One, two, oh, every, woo, everybody in the community knew we was having church again, you know. And uh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the uh, outdoor services. And I got to preach one of those pavilion services for you. And uh, that was, uh, I'll just tell you, right here at Pleasant Beach Baptist Church, it's a joy to serve God together, is it not? It's just a joy to serve the Lord. Nothing like being saved, man, on your way to heaven. And uh, bless the Lord for all of that. And uh, just so happy to get to be with you. Let me mention the CDs. And then we're going to get into 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I asked Brother Greg what time Wednesday night service usually got out. He said about 7.22. Let's see. It's 7.31 already, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I blew it. <laughs> He may have been uh, fibbing just a little bit. <laughs> In the hallway, the newest one for kids, Bible Stories for Kids, number three. I was in Alabama. A mama came and said, do you have volume three, Bible Kids Story number three? I said, yes. She said, I am wore out with number one and two. got to have it. <laughs> yeah. The kids love these. And we're working on volume four right now. We just mailed 2,000 of these to a church in um, 
In Florida, uh, the town, DeBerry, Florida, the name of the town is DeBerry, D-E-Berry, DeBerry, Florida. Jake Samples, the pastor, graduate of Crown, that town asked them, town of 6,000, asked their church to have a citywide children's meeting on July the 4th. And uh, they said, yes, we will be glad to do it. And they called me and said, how do we do this? <laughs> we're we're going to have a couple thousand kids. And so we began uh, making some plans. We've got uh, the Johnny Appleseed Toss, uh, which is cornhole. And uh, we got the, the uh, uh, George Washington coin toss over the water. Yeah, we're, we're trying to think of some historical things. It's going to be a great time. We're going to give every kid one of these CDs. And out there, the CD we was listening to just before the uh, service. We're going to get in the Bible in just a second now. Uh, we Need the Church by the Rains family. We recorded them in May last year during all the pandemic. Uh, we went to the studio, recorded his name of the CD, We Need the Church. Last year we learned we need the church. Oh, uh, church is not essential. Yes, it is essential. Yes, it is essential. How essential is it? So essential Jesus died for it. And we learned pretty quick uh, we could live without sports, but we need a church. It's a divine command. And I had 15 of my preacher friends issued tickets for having church services. It's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? And um, I'm glad for some 15 preachers who had the fortitude to have church, even though they were threatened. And I can tell you more about that. But we need the church. And then if you're really desperate to get rid of varmints at your house, get my solo CD. That'll work, man. <laughs> Guaranteed to work. They're any size donation. They're right in the hallway. Let's get in the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. 2 Timothy 3, 14. But, what's the next word? Continue. I saw up here, continuing, up on the screen, continuing with one accord. I asked the Lord what to preach. This is what he laid on my heart. Continue. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child, little Timothy boy who's now a preacher, from a child, Timothy, thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, hallelujah, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I, who is it? Paul. Old man Paul. The older believer, the mature preacher. I charge thee, young preacher, young Timothy boy, young believer, young man of fortitude. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Here's the charge. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I title tonight's message, Continue with the Word. Continue. Back there in verse 14, continue. I wish you'd underline it. This new copy of the Bible that I've gotten, I took a black ink pen. I've underlined several things on these two pages. It's the Bible that will change your life. I try to read 30 chapters a day. It takes me two hours a day. It's the only book can straighten a man out. Only book. This book right here. I underline that word continue. Now, I don't know a lot of Greek. 
I really don't. I don't know a lot of, a lot of English. <laughs> uh, I've learned a few words around the world. Bene cuvintat. Yeah, that's Romanian for blessing. I can say a few words in Tagala in different countries where I've preached and so forth. The Greek word for continue is the word minnow. So you go down to go fishing and use some bait. Sometimes you might put a minnow on your hook. That's the way it's pronounced. So Brother Fox, what does the word minnow mean? It means continue. <laughs> Stay with it. Keep your hand to the plow. Abide. Endure. And friends here at Pleasant Beach, you and I just need to continue. Oh, we made it through the pandemic. What are we going to do now? We're just going to continue. We're just going to stay with what God has told us to do. We're just going to continue. The word continue is found a lot in the Bible. Uh, John 15, 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus said, continue ye in my love. We need to continue in the love of Jesus Christ. Acts 13, 43. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Oh, you converts, uh, just continue in the grace of God. Acts 14, 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Yeah, Romans 6.1. Oh, Romans 6.1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. I was standing here at the pulpit of a church that I've preached in many, many times. I was getting the CDs ready and getting things in place and it's before the service and I'm, I'm up here and a lady comes, a lady that I've prayed with many times. She comes and stands here and she said, uh, Brother Fox, would you pray with me again about my sin? I said, no, ma'am, I will not. Man, she was shocked. I have to say, I was kind of shocked too. I didn't, you know, that's, that's not normally who I am. I believe the Holy Spirit led me to say it. I said, no, ma'am, I'm not praying. I said, in fact, I'm never praying about that sin again. You know what you're doing is wrong. Stop it. She huffed off. I said, Lord, I hope I obeyed you. You know that's not who I normally am. I love praying with people. I did pray for her, <laughs> you know, Lord help her, she needs help. I got a letter through the mail, snail mail, thank you, Brother Fox. I don't, Pastor, we don't love rebuking people, do we? I don't. So that's what I like doing is going around rebuking people. Well, that's not me. But what should all of us do with all these besetting sins? We need to admit it, quit it, and forget it. Anybody in this room struggle with sin? I'm waiting for all the liars to get your hands up. Yeah. We do struggle, don't we? Shall we continue in sin? Dear Lord, in a little while we're going to open the altars up. 
I am so glad to be in church on Wednesday night and I want the Lord to work in my heart and your heart tonight. And I want us to continue, but I don't want us to continue in sin. Amen. Well, here's a few more passages, and then we're going to look at this passage. Galatians 2, 5. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue. Philippians 1, 25. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for the furtherance and joy of faith. Colossians 1.23, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled. Colossians 4.2, continue in prayer. I'm glad we had a prayer time. Church goes forward on our knees. Next Tuesday night, the God Bless America rally we're doing in Beckley, West Virginia, 38 churches. We had our phone conference yesterday. We've got a big campus um, reserved, the largest building in the area, a 1,500 seat for the prayer rally, and the bigger building for the gospel event, 5,000 seat building. But next Tuesday is the prayer rally. We're not going to see much of an evangelistic work without prayer. We must have the power of God. Human energy is not enough. It's always too soon to quit praying. I mean, we got to stay with it. Stay with it. Continue in prayer. And then we get to our scripture tonight. Young Timothy, continue, continue. At doing what? Preaching the word. Just continue, continue. So let's continue with the Bible. Let's continue to read the Bible through. The folk I'm staying with again tonight, and then I'm going back over there, my wife and mother-in-law. Um, the folk I'm staying with, they're reading through the Bible this year chronologically. Turn the book of Job, and I think that's wonderful. I saw both of them, uh, the husband and wife. I saw their Bible reading schedule, and I saw all those check marks where they're reading it through. Wouldn't it be great if our whole church has read through the Bible this year? How long does it take to read through the Bible? About 75 hours. That's all it takes, about 75 hours. Let's just read it through. Do you understand everything, Brother Fox, when you read it? No, I don't. I can't even pronounce all the... 2,900 names. <laughs> They're hard names, aren't they? But see, God cares for individuals. Got their individual name in there. Wow. Let's continue reading the Bible through. Let's continue uh, thinking on the Bible. Let's continue writing down the Bible. I wrote a copy of the book of Mark. That'll change your life. Mark Fowler, Mark in the Bible is my favorite book. I went out in my little prayer. I've got a little prayer building. I bought a guard shack uh, from the army in my area, and I put it on the back of our property there at our house and uh, dug the footers and all that myself. I enjoyed setting it up. And I went back there in my prayer building and I wrote a copy of the book of Mark. That'll change your life. There's something about writing a copy of the Bible. You write a copy of the book of the Bible, it'll change your life. The word and appears 1,336 times in the book of Mark. You don't believe me, go count them. <laughs> yeah. The word anon, which means at once. Man, the book of Mark is a book of intense action. Oh, but writing it down. Let's continue doing those kind of things. Pray the Bible in, live the Bible out, pass the Bible on. Three points in the little sermon tonight. What are we going to continue with, Pleasant Beach? What are we going to continue with? Number one, we must continue reaching young people with the gospel. 
Young Timothy was reached with the gospel. We must continue that. Master clubs is so much work. Certainly it is. Certainly it is. I found about everything in life that's worthwhile, it requires some work. <laughs> and reaching young people, listen, it's indispensable. We must teach the children in our, our area of Tennessee here, we must teach them the Bible. They're being reached by somebody. They need to be reached by the church. I told you it was the church that came and brought me to the citywide crusade where I received Christ in a baseball stadium. Much like these citywide crusades that we're doing right now, different parts of the country, uh, that's what we do. We bring folk to Jesus. And I'll tell you, even now in the, the preamble to the God Bless America rally, Scott Pauley and I were at the building. We were at the building that we rented. We were there checking out all the sound system, all that, <coughs> two weeks ago. While we were there, led one of the workers to Christ. On the way to Charleston, from Beckley, led two folk to Christ. This past Monday, two folks received Christ. Two days ago, there's just, uh, there's just people all around us that are just waiting for someone to tell them how to be saved. Brother Fox, how do you lead folk to Christ? Well, the woods are full of them. They're everywhere. And so let's just keep telling uh, young people about Christ. Now look, um, Young Timothy, where'd, where'd you, young Timothy, where'd you learn about the Lord? Did he learn it from his dad? Well, his dad was a Greek. We know that from the Bible. If you're listening, say amen. But in the Bible, you don't find one phrase of the Bible where Timothy's dad engaged with his son Timothy about the Lord. You don't see Timothy's dad teaching him about Jesus. You don't see him teaching him a memory verse. You don't find any spiritual involvement by his dad. Now, I believe every dad ought to be a Christian dad. Amen. And every dad ought to try to lead his family in a proper way. Every husband leading his wife and leading the children the proper way for the Lord. So it wasn't his dad that we learn about in the Bible leading young Timothy and Teaching him about the Lord. So who was it? Christian mama. Yeah. Yeah. Young Timothy had a Christian mama. Wonderful. And she taught him the scriptures. You ever heard of Abraham Lincoln? Uh, yeah, I heard about him. His mama, great Christian. And she read the Bible to Abraham. Um, Dwight Eisenhower. He was also a wonderful president of ours. Uh, where, where did you learn about the Lord, Mr. Eisenhower? From my godly mama. A godly mama makes so much of a difference inside the home. Mama reading the Bible to the children. Mama singing for God inside of the home. As she cleans her house and does uh, her, her duties before the Lord inside the home. Mama Oh, oh, just, just let your little light shine for Jesus. Amen to that. But it wasn't just Timothy's mama. Oh, there's a grandmama involved. 
Yes, every grandmama ought to be a godly grandmother. And Timothy's grandmother was a godly lady and played a significant role in young Timothy becoming the man of God that he was. Young Timothy, you continue in the things you've learned. Pleasant Beach Baptist, got to keep reaching these Timothys. Got to keep reaching them. See this family that I'm staying with? This family in Jonesboro I'm staying with. The man in that home was in the Navy and we reached him there at Bethel Baptist Church. He was in my Sunday school class. Uh, 30 years ago he was in my Sunday school class. I, I was the young adult Sunday school teacher and he is a young adult and he's been serving God now for 30 years. His wife, oh, I've known her since a child. I taught her in the Christian school. I'm so glad to see some fruit that's remaining. <laughs> I got a phone call three or four days ago from a young man. He said, Brother Fox, remember leading me to Christ? I said, oh, yeah, I do. In West Virginia, up there in the top of West Virginia. Yes, I remember that day, Zach. He said, did you know God's called me to preach now? I said, I didn't know that. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Oh, let's stay at it. Where, where's the next group of preachers going to come from? Uh, the ones we reach as children. And so number one, we must continue reaching young people with the gospel and teaching them the Bible. Number two, we've got to continue translating the Bible, printing the Bible, and distributing the Bible. We've got to continue that. And our church has some part in that. All of God's people have some part in getting the Bible translated, printed, and distributed. Because it says in chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word. Okay, young Timothy, how are you going to go out there and preach the word if you don't have a copy of the word? Well, we're going to send missionaries around the world. Do you know that there's over 1,000 people groups in the world that don't have a copy of the Bible yet? Is that stunning or what? I first learned that a few years ago. and whew, I went to the man that told me that. I went to Dale Money. I said, hey, I want you to give me that list. We've got to do something about all these people groups don't have the Bible. And then I said, just give me four. And it took me the longest time to even learn how to pronounce the first one, A-C-E-H. I thought, how on earth do you even say A-C-E-H? Who are the people, A-C-E-H. I went to YouTube to find out how to say it. A-C-E. Say it with me. Ready? A-C-E. Try it again. A-C-E. A-C-E-H. I learned how to say A-C-E. Yeah. Walked away from the computer. I said, I got it. I said, now, how, does that, how was that again? I, I had the hardest time even learning how to say their name. I said, well, I'm going to translate the Bible. Now I'm going to get Google Translate and I'm going to do this thing. I don't know why somebody hasn't done this, but I'm going to, it, it, it wasn't that easy. I said, well, I'm going to get John 3.16 translated for the Achenese. I couldn't even translate John 3.16. So I tried to find me some linguistic help. Well, hire me some people to translate. I'm going to do something for 4.9 million Achenese, one of the 37 provinces of Indonesia. They need the Bible. Wouldn't you agree with that? Of course they need the Bible. How are we going to send them a preacher? How are we going to start churches for the Achenese if they don't have a Bible? Got to have a Bible. Make a long story short, finally we got portions 
of the Bible in Archonese. Amen. Got Sunday school material in Archonese. We got six converts now in Arche. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Oh, my. I took uh, Charles King out to eat, Dr. King. You know him. And I took him out to eat. He asked me if I, if I go out to eat with him. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take you out to eat. And I said, I'm paying. Yeah. And he let me. And, uh, <laughs> and we're sitting there. He said, now, Brother Fox, um, here's why I want to talk with you at supper time. He said, Brother Fox, I want you and I to start the school of translation." I said, Dr. King, I said, I learned I'm not a linguistic man. I cannot help you start this. I said, why would you ask me? I said, I'm not a linguistic man. I said, why would you ask me? I'm not a, I'm not a linguistic man. He leaned over and said, you're not handsome either. <laughs> you hear my friends? These are my friends. He said, you're not handsome either. I said, well, that's true. I said, what could I do? He said, you know how to raise money, don't you? I said, well, I get to do a lot of that. He said, can't you get preachers together and let me tell them how much we got to get the Bible to the world? I said, Dr. Ken, I can do that. And the School of Translation is one year old now. 18 students went through the first year. Amen. We got to get the Bible translated to every people group. Is that not true? We're going to have audio Bibles for many of them because they can't read their own language. But something must be done. Don't you agree? I know sitting in the class when I first, Dale Money was up there teaching about the Achenese with about the, the 1,200 groups in the world didn't have the Bible. I, the Holy Spirit said, Byron, do something. Now look, I'm a nobody and I'm certainly not a linguistic man. But I know something must be done. And there's one group of people that will rise to the challenge. Who is it? God's people. And so God's people, I don't know what your part is. Maybe send an offering up there in Ohio to the School of Translation. Uh, recruit some students. Pray. Do something. You see, this kind of work has got to continue. We must continue translating the Bible, printing the Bible. I'm working right now to try to get 3.2 million Bible portions. 3.2 million. Why? Because there's 3.2 million homes in Virginia. And I'm trying, I've been working on it the last month to get details worked out. It's going to cost a million dollars. But don't you think every home in Virginia needs the Bible? Our, our, my state of Virginia is in trouble with God. There's only one book can straighten Virginia out. It's the Bible. Now, this book is powerful. I got on a plane recently. <laughs> Sent my bag through, you know, and they said, you got some no-nos in your bag. Open it up. It was my Bible laying there. I said, well, I understand why, why that alarm went off. I said, because that book is powerful. Amen. It is powerful. It's the only book can, can help you, teach you how to run your business, how to run your family, how to run your church, how to run your life. But what if you didn't have a copy of the Bible? What if nobody ever reached you as a child? What if no one ever taught you the Bible? 
These things must continue. Amen. And then lastly, number one, we must reach children with the Bible. Number two, we must translate the Bible, print the Bible, and distribute the Bible for the entire world. And then number three, here's something our church must continue to be involved in. Preachers must be trained in the ministry for the generations to come. Preachers must be trained. Now, I love Bible college. Young Stephen, I had a nice chat with him. And I'm so glad for Brother Stephen. I'm so happy he's here. And I'm glad for all the teenagers in this room. I just feel younger looking at y'all. Yeah. Brother Stephen, 22 years old. Beautiful. Wonderful. And getting ready for tonight, I look back. The church came and got me when I was eight. They came to the door and asked our family to come. The family wouldn't come, but they sent me. I was the eight-year-old, and they sent me to the church meeting. And I got saved. Since then, so many of my family members have received Christ. Thank God. But it was a church that reached me at eight years old. And then I got reading the Bible. I'll tell you, Oliver B. Green took an interest in me. I'd write him. He had sent me books. And a lot of y'all don't even know who Oliver B. Green was. I was a boy, and I'd read his books. I'd read this Bible here. I was... Silly in a lot of ways. I, when I read that Jesus was on God's right hand, I thought Jesus was on God's right hand. I was a literalist, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, I later learned that he's on his right side, okay. I read about the prayer closet. I'd get, I really did it, Pastor. I'd, I'd get in the closet of the house and pray. I remember God speaking to me about ministry. As a boy, I walked forward at 13 years old, a stammering boy. I walked forward at Grace Baptist Church, Hampton, Virginia. I said, Pastor Dudley, I'm sure I didn't say it that good. I said, God has called me. He said, has Byron, has, has God called you to preach? I said, no, sir. He's called me to be his servant. He's called me to be his full-time servant. I'm to be his servant. Pastor Dudley turned me around in a church much like this with wonderful people like who's gathered here. We're down front here. He turns me around. He said, Byron's been called by God. God's called him to be a full-time servant. Now church, how many of y'all going to pray for him? And the people at that wonderful church said, we're going to pray for him. And they did. And then Pastor Dudley looked over at the song leader. His name was Jimmy. And Pastor Dudley said, now, Jimmy, this was Sunday. He said, now, Jimmy, you're going to take Byron's soul winning Thursday night. I want you to take him out. I want you to teach him how to win souls. For the next several Thursday nights, I want you to take him out, show him how to win souls. And Jimmy Powell, our song leader, took me out. Pastor Dudley took me to Bible college, let me look at Bible college. 
It was Pastor Dudley who had baptized me. Boy, you need, a, you need a preacher. Everybody needs a preacher. Or they ought to be a preacher or have a preacher. Amen. Well, my preacher helped me so much. I think there's three parts, young people and everybody in this room. I think there's three parts to a call to ministry. Number one, it's a divine burden. I know God spoke to me through the Bible about being his full-time servant. I know God did. And then secondly, the second part of a call to ministry, number two, it's recognized by other believers. Oh, yeah. One of my preacher boys, Kerry, he's 20 years old now. He started traveling with me when he was 15. I think he was 17 years old. He called me. He called me one night. He said, Brother Fox, I just got to tell you something. God's called me to preach. I said, Kerry, I wondered when you was going to realize that. He said, did you know? I said, man, I've been knowing it for some time. Kerry's the camp director now at the Edge Christian Camp. And what a preacher he is. He's 20 years old. He's going through Bible college while being the camp director there. And I mean, he's doing great. Three parts to a call to ministry, a divine burden, recognized by other believers. But number three, empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the hand of God, you'll never do anything significant in ministry. You need the Lord. Well, so Pastor Fowler, I brought a little bit of my ordination paper tonight. Yeah. I, uh, how many of you know what a manual typewriter was? Yeah. Yeah. I had one. And uh, my father-in-law, Dr. Perisher, he knew I, I was still stammering and stuttering and all that stuff. And um, uh, I got licensed there at the church. And um, he said, I think you ought to write out your doctrinal paper. He thought that would help me as I went before the, uh, the, the board to be examined, uh, be interrogated. And, and um, he thought uh, it'd be good if I wrote it out. So. My, my doctrinal paper has changed since then, you know. Did my doctrine change? No, no. But my grammar changed three places. That manual typewriter did not have a grammar checker on it. <laughs> Man, I got right syntax now. <laughs> well, you believe, Brother Fox, I believe in the verbal plenary inspiration of Scripture. I believe every word of the Bible was written under the direct influence of the Holy Spirit. I believe the Bible is without error and is accurate in every detail. The Bible is the foundation of my Christian faith. I believe in the virgin birth of the Son of God. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, was conceived by the Holy Ghost in the Virgin Mary. Jesus was not contaminated by sin. He had a sinless birth. He lived a sinless life and He died a sinless substitute for all. Belief in the sinless Son of God is an indispensable foundation to Christianity. I believe in the vicarious substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ for the sins of the world. He became sin for us. Vicarious means that Christ identified with us. As a substitute, Christ died for the sinner and suffered the terrible consequences of sin. Anyone who denies the efficacy blood atonement is not a Christian. Without the blood of Christ, a sinner could not be forgiven. I believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
If the body of Jesus Christ had remained in the grave, then the benefits of Calvary and the promises of Jesus would have been unfulfilled. But Jesus rose on the third day as He predicted with victory over sin and death. The physical resurrection is an absolute necessity to complete the plan of salvation. It is a fundamental of the Christian faith. I believe that Jesus Christ will return to the earth to fulfill all that He has promised. The plan that God began, He will complete. Jesus is coming. He will judge the sinner and reward the saint. His promises to Israel will be fulfilled and on it goes. So Brother Fox, that's pretty good doctrine. It is good. It's great doctrine. It's Bible doctrine. Brother Fox, how would you do that? I didn't do it. Not on my own. Right across from me at that ordination was Dr. Rod Bell, remarkable preacher of Tabernacle Baptist Church in Virginia Beach. Great ministry. He invested in me. Right here is Paul Hawkins. Paul Hawkins. Right there was Gene Parisher, my father-in-law. I've been to Bible college. Hardly anybody in the world is smart as a freshman or sophomore Bible college student. He helped me through all of that, got me through, put me on staff, took a chance on me. Every Monday he and I met, every Monday he taught me. Lloyd Donica sitting here, all these preachers, these churches, Pastor Dudley, who's with the Lord, was a very average man in many ways, but he invested in me, a little stammering boy. He prayed for me. The church prayed for me. We got to continue that. See, now I'm not the kid preacher anymore. I've been getting senior discounts since I was 41. That's the truth. That saved me a lot of money through the years. You know what I'm saying? Looking old, been saving me money for a long time now. I'm not the kid anymore. But boy, I've got a burden for the kids and the millennials. I've got a burden for more preachers. We need more preachers. In January, I was preaching a youth rally, and a 38 year old dad came down the aisle to answer the call to preach at the youth rally. <laughs> I asked his wife, I said, what do you think? She said, I knew he needed to do this. I, his 15-year-old boy, I said, what do you think? He said, I've been wondering when Dad was going to do this. They already knew. Uh, I, I wish I had time to tell you. Would, would you stand?